Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hogan turned at Bash of the Beach in 96. 
And my little puppy, Monty, who's not so little anymore, walked right over the TV, just sat up and sat there and watched Hogan's promo, snapped a picture of him, put it up there on the Twitter, and guess who retweeted it? None other than the bad guy, Scott Hall. That's right. Scott Hall retweeted my tweet of my dog watching Bash the Beach 96. It was awesome. Got to admit, marked out a little bit. It was pretty cool. You want to be involved with that. You want to get on board the whole Ken Reedy Show Twitter thing. Again, so follow us. Our handle is at the Ken Reedy Show on the Twitter page. Our website is thekenreedyshow.com. Lots of great stuff over there on our page. So check out the website. You can listen to the show through the website as well as some great stuff, blogs and pictures and cool things over there. So check out thekenreedyshow.com. Also, one of the best ways to listen to us is go over to iTunes, 1640 PWPR. That is 1640 PWPR. It is our broadcasting channel, our station, a lot of, a lot of great shows on the channel. Uh, the King Firehawk Show, the Cool Down with AC. Our show, that, that Image guy, Joey Image, uh, independent wrestling sensation over there on uh, the 1640PWPR. So head on over to iTunes. Just do a search, man. 1640PWPR is uh, the search. You find us, and it is for free. And you know that if it's free, it's for me. Click to subscribe for free, and then you got to access, access to all these great shows. So you want to check that out. Again, 1640PWPR. Get on iTunes. Do the search. Subscribe for free. Listen to the great shows. Your life would just be better. As I said at the top of the show, so many things to get into tonight. Lots of craziness around the world of professional wrestling. And I'll tell you, man, lots of craziness out in the world as a whole. Be safe out there. Hope this country gets itself on the right track. Thoughts and and prayers to everyone out there affected by the heinous violence that's been going on in this country for far too long. And it seems to be intensifying. And so you tune into this show hopefully to get a break from that, to get a break from all that craziness. Let's peace, love, and happiness. Go to our Facebook page. You probably saw pictures circulating on social media with the Dudley boys. I don't think a stronger statement can be made right now in this country. Check out that picture of uh, Bubba Ray and Dudley, Bubba Ray and Devon uh, on our Facebook page, uh, circulating around social media. But you come over, listen to us. Let's talk wrestling. Let's get our mind off the craziness in the world and get in depth into the craziness in the world of professional wrestling and have some fun doing it. Couldn't make heads or tails out of all the nutty stuff going on in wrestling without my tag team partner. Let's bring him on the line. Dave, how you doing this evening? You know something? I'm here to have a good time as well. And if you're not here to have a good time, then it's a waste of time. So let's get right into the world of pro wrestling and the best in pro wrestling talk here at the Ken Reedy show. Yeah, I got, you know, before we get into like the, the, the majors and lots of stuff to talk about, there's a few things. It, I got to tell you, Dave, man, it, it's kind of weird for me right now, you know, fulfilling a dream, I guess, crossing off the bucket list, doing the best I can, but um, you know, all thanks and everything to the Kevin Knight and the trainers at IWF for uh, at least helping me or, or getting me to a point where I, I can set foot in the ring. Uh, a lot of work. It's been tough to, you know, get myself at a point where, 
you know, just can get in the ring and, and, and make things look, at least look halfway presentable. Long way to go. Lots of training to, to do. Um, but I got to thank the trainers for, uh, you know, what they've done so far and trying to mold my old ass into a, a professional wrestler. But, you know, a few thanks I got to put out there. Uh, aside from the people at IWF, uh, Gino Caruso and ECPW uh, were nice enough to book me in a battle royal. Uh, an event to benefit the Special Olympics. So it was cool to, you know, jump on in and uh, be a part of uh, a battle royal. I didn't win. I didn't win. My second battle royal now, and I, I, I'm 0 for 2, although I did eliminate a few more people in this battle royal than the last one I was in. So, um, you know, I guess got to thank ECPW and Gino Caruso for allowing me to, you know, just take part in a different promotion show. And a show that benefited a great cause, the Special Olympics. Um, I got to give a special thanks to, uh, I'm not going to break kayfabe and talk about exactly what went on, but Mike 3D, wrestling ECPW, did a really cool thing for me. Does not owe me a damn thing. Um, And I've always said pro wrestling becomes an art form when you're unselfish and you're, you're out there looking to make someone else look good or make your opponent look good. And, you know, he didn't owe me anything, didn't have to do anything for me. And he, he was just really cool with uh, the show on Friday night. So I got to give a special thanks to, to Mikey 3D uh, and ECPW. So thanking people. And as I'm thanking people, and again, Dave, it is wild for me to sit here and, and you know, I've been doing the show for a while and, and talk about doing stuff on the independence and actually getting in the squared circle. Um, but for you guys out there, check it out. Uh, I'm involved now with a promotion called BBWF. There's BBWF. They have a Facebook page. Check them out on Facebook. But it's cool, you know, man. Technology is as you know continues to jump and leap and leaps and bounds. And Facebook Live. I mean, you can post videos now on Facebook going live. And BBWF has, has put their creative minds. To use and they're, they're kind of putting together an old school vibe kind of wrestling program. It's pretty neat. Uh, you know, three commentators introducing stuff, talking in front of a, a brick wall and, and go to the in-ring action. And it's got that kind of old school vibe and they're, they're jumping on board and using the Facebook live uh, to, to do this show week in and week out. So it's, it's pretty cool that they're, they're doing that. And it's it's great that they're you know I've gotten an opportunity to be included, so I can't be thankful enough to uh, to be a part of Prime Time Live, and I'm actually wrestling Wednesday night on Prime Time Live. So check it out. Go see. Go to BBWF. Uh, find their Facebook page and go over and check out BBWF Prime Time. We'll be going live on Facebook Live. 7 o'clock on Wednesday evening, and I'll be wrestling the Aztec warrior, Izzy Reyes, which is uh, no small task. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do the best I can, but I'll be wrestling live on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. So lots of cool stuff, Dave, getting involved and, and getting in the ring and uh, doing my thing out there, learning. a lot. Again, a lot more than I need to learn, but it's been pretty cool. Uh, getting my ass in the ring and uh, trying to trying to learn the ropes out there. Um, so that's my dissertation on my my fledgling independent career right now in pro wrestling. But one thing we got to get into, Dave, and it's it's unique for us. I mean, 
the way this show has gone, we generally talk WWE. And that, that's been by design because, honestly, we do a live show and we analyzed our marketplace. 99% of the people calling in were calling about WWE. And we evolved into pretty much a straightforward, you know, WWE kind of program. Uh, but this is a week where we're, you know, we start off talking about independence and, and now we're going to hit TNA. Um, and one of the major things, we're going to talk a little storyline, we're going to talk a little serious news. But TNA is, is on the verge, perhaps on the verge. Again, one of those things with TNA. Are they or aren't they? Where are they going? Are they going out of business? Are they closing up shop? Are they being sold? Lots of craziness going on, Dave. And the rumors now are circulating that TNA is on the verge, at least, of being sold. However, it seems like there's nothing confirmed out there. You're our news guy. What are you hearing thus far as far as the sale of TNA Impact Wrestling? Well, as of before I update you as of right now, the pending sale of TNA in the news in, in the in the wrestling news world has been going on for for the the past several months now. I would venture to say probably for the past 5 or 6 months now that it's at least been discussed. Whether it's true or not, it's been in the news it's been in the newsreel. Um, as far as today goes, um, from what I'm reading, from what I'm hearing through the Wrestling Observer and other wrestling media outlets, um, this sale is happening more uh, closer than it ever has been. Um, currently, Billy Corgan, former frontman of the Smashing Pumpkins, um, one of the, the, the head creative writers and developing, developing talent, I think that's his title, developmental talent, I don't know. He's a writer, he's a creative writer, a TNA official. Um, he's been a big wrestling fan for years. He bought minority stock in TNA. Um, he fronted them money to help pay for their last set of television tapings because they're, they're, they might not have had te- television um, if, if he didn't front the money to pay for the production. And that was used as a, as a, as a down payment of some, somewhat of an investment from what I'm hearing. Um, Aerolux Media Productions, um, they've been handling the production side of things. Uh, the rigging, the lights, the the, the staging, um, everything that goes along with producing a, tele- a, a a wrestling television show, they also have a minority stake in TNA as well. Um, in past reports, whether it's true or not, alleged, uh, Dixie Carter has been looking to sell shares of TNA to an investor or investors, but still remain majority owner of the company. Um, however, from what I'm hearing, those talks have not been as successful as she had hoped. Um, a lot of companies, if they were interested in buying TNA, they were interested in having control over TNA along with that sale. Um, what's kept TNA's interest in some of these talks with the sale is their international television contracts, especially over in the UK and in India. TNA is a big deal over in India. Domestically here in the United States and in North America, not so much. But over in India, they, if you were to send the guys over from TNA to, to perform in India, you could sell out arenas, stadiums, whatever. Um, so that's what's been keeping the interest of the potential buyers is the television contracts in the overseas markets. Um, as of right now, I don't know whether or not TNA, or at least Dixie Carter, I should say, is looking to sell shares 
and still remain majority owner. Uh, the latest report I'm hearing is that she's looking to sell shares of the company and still remain as president of the company. I don't know if that means she will still have um, stockholder shares in TNA or, or, if, or if this is um, just her as, you know, now the, 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 the face of the company, the president. Uh, time will tell. But we've heard this a lot, okay? I'm not believing it until I see it. Just like I'm not believing that they're going to shut down until I see it. Um, but at this point, I mean, it's been a rough three years for them. I mean, I, I remember when we were talking about it on this show, Ken, TNA went through some pretty decent years under the Hogan era. Not the greatest, but, you know, when Hogan and Bischoff came in and had, kind of had control, they, they, they got some attention, but it was, just wasn't quite enough. And then, like, 2013 rolled around, and they just started letting go of people, cutting payroll left and right. And from that point on, I'm not saying that when Hogan left, the ship sunk, um, because I don't think the ship was even above water, even when Hogan was on board. You could kind of see the downfall began when they just started. Like, they went through, like, 15 or 20 guys they let go on the roster in, like, a span of, like, three or four days. Like, they let go of a lot of people to cut payroll because they were they were way, way over budget. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's been some good things about TNA lately that we'll discuss, but for the most part, it's been a lot of negative, but I'm not believing it till I see it, till I see that, that, you know, there is a interest, serious interest from a potential new owner and, and where that leads the company in the future. Yeah, just, I mean, it is it is just crazy when you, when you talk about TNA. I mean, you know, you wind up talking a lot more about what's happening behind the scenes and, and instead of what's happening on the show. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of crazy. You know, you don't know what's fact, what's fiction, what exactly is going on. Um, you know, these rumors, it's like they, they spike for a little while, then they fall away for a bit, and they spike again. So it's spiking now. Um, remains to be seen if we do get a sale from TNA, um, a, a company that seems to be floundering for quite some time. Um, they can't seem to get themselves headed in the right direction, both financially and creatively. But speaking of creatively, um, you know, <laughs> this is something like let's talk about something on TNA programming. And I posted this on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Kid Reedy Show, that, and I am being perfectly honest perfectly honest that I don't know what to make of the final deletion. I really don't. I honestly was watching it and was kind of like, I'm either watching the worst thing that's ever been put on a wrestling program, or maybe it's the best. I don't know. I I, I just don't know. Um, It was unique it was intriguing. It brought attention to TNA. So I guess that's all good. I, I honestly can't – I don't know. My brain hurts thinking about the final deletion. And the only thing I could think of where, like, conceptually this came from was one day little Matt Hardy and little Jeff Hardy were, like, 10, 9 years old, whatever, and they were hanging out in the backyard – and they were just like, and then what? And we're just, and then we'll be in the ring. And then, and then, oh wait, oh wait, wait, then I shoot fireworks at you. No, but I'm gonna shoot fireworks back at you. Okay, okay, we'll both have fireworks, and that's for then you jump out of the tree. But after what we do after the tree, 
how do we fight in the lake? Yeah, let's fight in the lake. That's cool. Yeah, we'll fight in the lake. And then and now I set you on fire. And like, and, and they're like, this is just something that the Hardys like played out in their backyard when they were kids. And finally, a wrestling company was like, sure, why not? Go with it. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I, again, I found it intriguing. It was interesting. Um, I guess all that came out of it for me is the fact that when my birthday rolls around, I want an extraordinary xylophone. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it's one of those things where you're sitting there. I think I probably watched most of it with my jaw open. Um, it was like, at times, I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this, but I couldn't turn it off. So I, I don't know, it, but it was definitely, it, it, it piqued my interest. So I guess that makes it a good thing. Um, I don't know if I can answer that question for you, but for me, what I took from it, I saw more positive than negative from this. I saw a company that is struggling, okay, that has been struggling for quite a while, but they dared to be different and took a chance with it. And I think that they succeeded in some areas. Okay. At times throughout the duration of the broadcast, they had showed little vignettes sort of leading up to it with dramatic music. I think there was at one point, Jeff Hardy was on his dirt bike and Matt had a couple of drones come after me. That That stuff was horrible. Okay. I'll go on record as to saying it was absolutely atrocious. All right, that stuff. But the execution of the match itself and the production, I mean, they took a page out of Lucha Underground's book. And from what I gather, and I don't watch a whole lot of Lucha, the, 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 the way that they produced television or pro wrestling and presented it has changed the game. Not saying that everyone's going to do it, including WWE, but they have they've put a different spin on the way it's presented and it's been positive. And TNA, is try, TNA tried with this final deletion match with the Hardys to do something like that. And I think it worked in some areas, okay? With the match itself, um, I mean, we've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Come on here in wrestling. We've seen the boiler room brawls, okay? We've seen graveyard matches, casket matches. We've seen guys get buried alive in the middle of the arena only to come back the next day without a speck of dirt on them. I mean, you know, we've seen, we've seen guys get drops from cranes inside cars and land on the cement and come back two weeks later. I mean, wrestling, we have seen all kinds of crazy stuff. So, to me, I don't think this was the craziest thing we've ever seen in wrestling, okay? Um, But they dared to be different. They tried. They got attention. They got viewership, okay? They went up. They got the highest rating that they've ever had on Pop Pop TV since they've been on the network. The highest rating, okay? They had over 400,000 viewers, 422 viewers. They were up 88,000 viewers from the previous week's episode of Impact, all because of this match, okay? And here's another, here's another, well, here's another positive that comes from this. The attention that it got from guys in WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world, they're out there on social media tweeting, promoting this match, okay, for their, for their, their fellow colleagues and their brothers in the industry, Okay, if that's not free advertisement, I don't know what is from guys who are from the biggest wrestling company in the world. If there were WWE fans that didn't know about TNA at all and they saw Chris Jericho or uh, 
uh, New Day or whoever on Twitter promoting this match, then they probably went to watch, try to find a way to watch this match because those guys on WWE promoted it. Okay, I just think that there was more. A lot of people love to really rip at TNA and find a, a whole lot of negative. And don't get me wrong, for more often than not, there is more negative than positive when it comes to that organization in the news. But in this case, I think there was a lot more positive. I mean, the match wasn't terrible. It's not anything crazy that we. It's not. It's not anything crazier that we've seen in wrestling, like I stated before, with all the other crazy gimmick matches. And here's another tip and you know a feather in the cap, Matt Hardy. Okay. Four years ago on this show, and I'm probably on a lot of other podcasts, people were talking about how worthless he was to wrestling because of all his personal problems and people fucking down in the dumps. They didn't care about him at all. Look what he's done, okay? He's reinvented himself. Now, I'm not saying that this character is a home run by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not. But you know what? He's believed so much in this character that when you watch him as this character on television, you are almost forced to respect and, and in some ways admire the character and the effort that he's putting into it on a weekly basis on TV. And to me, that's a, that's a huge, you know, very horror with pat on the back. He should be giving himself. I'm sure he doesn't need to be told that, but seriously, like I was just, I was just amazed at like, if I didn't watch Matt Hardy in WWE years prior, I wouldn't have known who he was by watching this. And, you know, I wouldn't have known his previous alter egos, before this, you know what I mean? Like he just really outdid himself, and I think in a good way too. It may come off very strange and, and weird, but he definitely has done. He definitely made you respect him as as a performer from this character. Overall, final deletion. I kind of enjoyed it. I saw more positive than negative, and I thought it was. I thought I. I'm not saying TNA's got a bright future after this, but you know what? That's off to them. They they, they, they they put out something pretty decent, and it worked. Well, yeah, and, and they took a chance. I mean, they took a chance creatively. Um, you know, for Matt, in, in all of Matt's issues in the past, I've always believed that Matt had a great mind for, for the business. Um, you know, I always looked at the two brothers as, you know, Jeff, kind of was given the physical gifts, but Matt was the brains that really understood wrestling, uh, understood the business side of things. And uh, I agree with you. I think that, you know, when you have any character and even, you know, and, and a lot of this rings true for, for myself and even learning, you know, being on the independence and being new and, and trying to develop a character and, make it believable and cut promos and try and wrestle in the vein of the character and all that other stuff, you know, trying to learn that, you know, you find that one of the, the truest things um, when it comes to portraying a wrestling character is that you have to believe it. You have to believe that you are that person when you're cutting a promo, when you're in the ring, you got to believe in that character. And the thing is one, the more outlandish a character gets, the tougher it is, for you as a performer to believe you're that character. Um, so you really have to buy into it a hundred percent because the, the audience, the crowd, the fans, you know, they're going to look at that and they're going to know you're being disingenuous and you're just like going through the motions or you're just, you're, you're playing a part. And when you look over the course of history to these characters that succeeded, that were way over the top characters. Uh, I mean, the undertaker, 
or even now Bray Wyatt or going back and looking at a guy like the ultimate warrior uh, characters that, you know, you're not going to see walk in the streets, you know, oddball characters out there in left field kind of characters. Those characters work because the people portraying them believed in it and believed in playing it and played it to the umpteenth degree. And I think that's what we're seeing from Matt right now. I think Matt believes in this character that he's portraying and, and it's quirky and it's odd. And I'll be the first one to say, I can't really exactly peg what that accent is. I, I don't know. At times it seems kind of pseudo English, but I don't think it is. Um, unless there's some region in England with some weird dialect that I'm unfamiliar with. Um, it may be a little Southern mixed. I don't know. I can't peg what that accent is, um, but it is a, it is odd. It, it's uneasy feeling at times. Um, it's very quirky. It's something completely different than anything that Matt has done before. And I don't know. I'm interested. And on a show like this, where we have gone away from talking a lot of TNA because fans weren't interested, um, you know, being honest, full disclosure, uh, I just felt after watching uh, Final Deletion, it was something that we needed to address. It was something we needed to talk about. It was something interesting enough where it needed to be dissected on this show. And, and you know, Dave, you know, over the course of, the, of a while now, I mean, there have been championship matches. There have been new faces showing up in TNA. There have been, like, whatever. You know, there have been a ton of things going on storyline-wise in TNA. And honestly, nothing has really compelled me to say, all right, that, that bit of programming needs to be addressed on our show. This is the first thing in a while that's been on camera. Again, I said earlier, we've talked a lot about the behind-the-scenes and the business aspect of TNA. This is the first thing in a long time, Dave, that struck us where we both in agreement, pre-show meeting, we got to discuss final deletion. So in that aspect, you got to say kudos to what they put on there. Absolutely. I mean, like I said before, like a lot of people want to poke fun at them, you know, virtually all the time for, for everything that they put out. But I mean, this was so over the top and you even said it yourself, the way, the, by the, by the way you were viewing that portion of the show that like you just had to watch, you know, in some ways it was almost like a train wreck or, or like that car accident that you drive by, but you have to slow down to check it out, to see what's going on. You know, out of curiosity. I think a lot of people did that with this, with this final deletion. Now, will it be something that we see in the future from TNA? Possibly. I mean, look at the positive reviews it's gotten. It's got its fair share of negative, but I've seen a lot of people raving about this in, in, in many ways that it's been something that TNA capitalized, took advantage of, and ran with it, and it worked for them. I mean, I'm happy for them overall all around. I thought it was, just, I thought it was, it was a different, unique way to present something in wrestling, something that, like I said, Lucha Underground has done in the past. And smart move on TNA's part to piggyback off of that. You know, it may not have been up there in terms of production value from what Lucha Underground does, but you know what? TNA, TNA, they're not out. They're not, they're not out of the fight yet. They're trying everything they can. And this, this time, this, 
this situation works. I'm happy for him. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Your thoughts on potential TNA sale, the final deletion. What'd you think of that? Great stuff or the absolute drizzles? What'd you think? We're also going to get into Brock Lesnar's victory at UFC, what this could possibly mean for SummerSlam, and we'll get you set for Monday Night Raw. But right now, it is time for the Day 5 50 News Report. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Day 5 50 News Report, brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network the Evolution in Pro Wrestling podcast, and more. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now to sample some diverse, yet comprehensive coverage in the world of pro wrestling, and more. Speaking of comprehensive, let's dive right into the news this week. For weeks, several wrestling media outlets have reported on possible names that WWE is seeking to help add depth to each roster for the upcoming brand extension next week. In what is now my third follow-up story on this matter, it seems that WWE officials have leaned towards seeking more independent wrestlers, a move that's being looked at as a little more aggressive than in years past. The talent in particular are members from the Lucha Underground roster that are not contractually obligated to the promotion at this time. As of right now, we don't have any names in particular, but it's being said that these several talents have deals expiring soon, and WWE is looking to snatch them up very quickly. In related news, two names who have been rumored to be returning to WWE in the near future, Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy, reports out now suggest that both men have not spoken to WWE about a return for the brand extension, as they are both currently contractually bound to TNA and Lucha Underground, respectively. In my second story this week, it looks like Moose is on his way out of Ring of Honor, but where he's headed, nobody knows. For weeks, Moose has been on WWE's radar to be a part of the September class of recruits at the WWE Performance Center. But it looks like a past domestic violence issue is preventing him from signing with WWE. The company is now backing away from the former NFL star in hopes of not receiving negative media backlash like they did when both Adam Rose and Jerry Lawler were arrested recently for a domestic issue. As of right now, TNA, AAA, and Lucha Underground have all made offers to Moose, but his destination is unknown at this time. Recently, a report came out regarding a potential Legends deal between newly released Cody Rhodes and the WWE. Reports then surfaced of Rhodes' displeasure of this news breaking, and his reasons as to why were revealed this past week on the Walker Nation podcast. It seems as if Rhodes and WWE have worked out a deal for Rhodes to write an autobiography on his late father, WWE Hall of Famer, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, through the eyes of the former Stardust. Cody didn't indicate if he has begun the writing process, and a timetable on the book's release is not known at this time. It was in 2005 that the Dream wrote his own biography titled Dusty, Reflections of an American Dream. Good book, by the way. I, 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 read, the, I read the book on a side note. Great read, and it made me, after reading the book, when I was reading it, it made me want to talk like Dusty while I was reading these stories because the way that he <laughs> talks just kind of captivates you. So, I was, so I, was, I was talking like him as I was reading this story. Some people in my home weren't too, too pleased with that, but it doesn't, man. On to our fourth story. 
There have been some talk recently among many high-ranking officials in WWE of possibly splitting up the New Day when next week's Raw and SmackDown draft takes place. Some feel that the gimmick has run its course and isn't as popular, while others look at their merchandise numbers and tend to disagree. If the group were to be broken up, Big E is rumored to benefit the most from the split. His size and his overwhelming charisma has won over WWE Chairman Mr. McMahon. As far as the rest of the group goes, both Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, many feel, would be lost in the card shuffle once this move takes place. As of right now, this is only a rumor. And in my final story this week, some good news coming from TNA star Cowboy James Storm as he and his wife announced this past week that they are expecting their second child. Storm and his wife, Danny, made the announcement on Instagram by posting a video of them telling their son that he would now be an older brother. Storm also noted that Danny began taking fertility shots back in October, and while doctors said it could be very difficult, it wasn't impossible, and now it seems to be the case. Danny Storm is currently 10 weeks along in the pregnancy. We here at the Ken Reedy Show family would like to extend our best wishes to James and Danny Storm on the upcoming birth of their child. And there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Dave 550 50 News Report. Tune in next week right here at the top of the hour only at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. And don't forget to head on over to iTunes right now to subscribe for free to 1640 PWPR to sample some of the best pro wrestling podcasts out there today. I said it was free, and if it's free, it's for me. Now get now to get this show back on track, let's send it back to the man on the marquee, Mr. Ken Reedy himself. Take it away. Interesting story that, you know, you hit upon with uh, potentially New Day getting split up. And, uh, you know, as we get set for Monday Night Raw a little less than an hour away, um, there is, uh, I guess, that they're going to be visiting the Wyatt's compound uh, on tonight's Raw. So, I mean, there's definitely hints. Of, of breaking up the new day. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things, Dave, it's weird when you look at a faction like this and I, and I could see, I, I could see, you know, they've been going for a while. Uh, you know, maybe it's getting a little old creatively um, as a viewer, uh, but there's, there's that like, you know, subjective way of looking at things where ah, I'm a little bored with it. Ah. But then there's the objective way of looking at business, and if they're still generating money, then maybe you shouldn't break them up. So it's it's intriguing. I mean, and I think both sides have have validity, um, but they're hinting at maybe something going on. Uh, who knows what might happen with the Wyatts? But I'm intrigued to see what happens tonight because in my head. I can't picture those three characters of New Day hanging out at the Wyatt compound. That's what we're set for for Monday Night Raw tonight. Um, you know, you got a bunch of guys that are all all great characters, two great factions. I'm hoping they do a good job with it tonight, but it, it's intriguing, Dave, when you look at where they might go if they break up the New Day. But there's two sides to the story. Your thoughts on, on you know, should they or shouldn't they? They shouldn't. I, I think there's still some mileage left in the at least till WrestleMania. Okay, I personally think that they're really, really waiting to do New Day against Enzo and Cass. 
I, we've seen the little subtle back and forth with them last month in the buildup for the tag match, Money in the Bank. I think they're waiting to save that match. If they don't do it for SummerSlam, I have a feeling it's going to happen at WrestleMania next year in Florida, in Orlando, especially Enzo and Cass, you know, coming from NXT. They got big roots down there. New Day's popular, okay? They're still very popular. I mean, their merchandise sales show it, okay? If, you know, Vince McMahon has always based a lot of, who, a lot of what he does on TV based off guys' merchandise, you know, who he pushes as, as the, you know, based off of how many T-shirts they sell or whatever. New Day was the number one merchandise seller during WrestleMania week, okay? Like, it was, the, the numbers were astronomical. They beat out John Cena, who has always been the number one guy in terms of merchandise for a long time. That was WWE's excuse. Cena's number one, and he's a babyface because he sells a lot of merch. Okay. Well, as far as I know, they sell a lot of T-shirts. They sell a lot of unicorn horns. They even sell New Day socks. A lot of people are wearing New Day socks now. Um, they still get a, a, a great reaction. The people still chant. Okay. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But what I do think they what what they're doing here with this Wyatt New Day uh, dynamic, I don't. I mean, some people yes are obviously seeing Xavier Woods' behavior is different and it's intriguing to to, to most fans. But it's also leading most fans to think, well, there's going to be a breakup because he's not his normal Xavier Woods self. But I honestly think this right here, this especially the promo last week he cut, was a turning point for New Day that, yes, although we are fun and games, like we need to get down to business and get serious if, if we're going to mix it up with these guys, the Wyatts. And I think this is adding to, uh, some, some range to their characters because they are mostly a, a, a top act a comedy act mostly, but now you're going to see some seriousness from these guys. And I think it will, it will bring a different dynamic to the new day gimmick, whether people accept that or not, that's a different story. But I mean, if I were them, like once the draft starts, obviously they want to build tag team. They want to make the tag team division more important with this draft. And it's probably going to end up being on both shows. So you want somebody who are legit or are stars to be, the tag team champions of your tag team division with this brand extension. So I see they get in the record, but once they get the record, I think they'll drop the belts pretty quickly. Whether they split them up after that, that's a different story. Um, but I think honestly, you could kind of keep them as a faction and maybe kind of test them out in singles roles while they're still together as new day and then go from there. And then once you've figured out what direction you want to take each of those guys in, then maybe you entertain the thought of a split. But just don't do a split for the sake of doing it. That's just my opinion. Because I thought, honestly, like when they split the shield a couple years ago, yes, it turned out good. But I still think there's still more mileage in the shield that they could have gone a little bit longer as a group. Especially after the evolution made them look like a million bucks two months in a row. I just don't want the same thing to happen to New Day, where there's still more mileage, but they split them up for the sake of splitting somebody up. I just don't think it, it, would, it would make much sense. Remains to be seen. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's, it's, um, you know, this, this, this uh, faction right now has got a, you know, it, it's still got legs. It's, it's hot. It's still the crowd is still responding. And I guess one of the things you, you look at, and you know, it's interesting also what are the the performers themselves think, um, because you go the whole rationale of, well, do you, do you want to split it on top? Do you want to make sure the faction never gets old, never gets boring? Um, interesting stuff. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's definitely intriguing to wonder 
what exactly they're going to wind up doing uh, with New Day, especially as they head to the Wyatt compound tonight on Monday Night Raw. Uh, We've talked TNA. We've talked uh, the final deletion. We've talked a little New Day. Lots of stuff on the table. What we got to get to Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar and his UFC domination. So it's all out there on the table. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Good guys. How are you guys? We are doing all right. What do you got for us? Just listening to what you guys were talking about, and uh, to start off with TNA, I. I'm not a big TNA fan. I don't like them at all. Uh, I used to watch them when they first came out, but I think their their moves um, as far as taking themselves off a Tuesday night was very helpful and will be very helpful to them. You mean them moving to Thursday night? I mean, uh, yeah, taking themselves off a Tuesdays and going to Thursdays. I agree with you. I think that's a, that's a smart move as well. I'm curious, did you get to see the final deletion? What did you think of it? Uh, if I would have seen it, I probably would have deleted it. So probably <laughs> not. I didn't see it. Well, all right. So um, we were talking a little bit also about New Day and potentially New Day getting um, split up, uh, going to visit the Wyatt compound uh, tonight. Your thoughts on uh, New Day, and uh, what do you think? Uh, what blah? I'm getting tongue-tied here. What direction do you think they should go? And you keep them together, or is it time to split them up? Uh, I I think keeping them together for a little bit, and uh, I don't I don't see them uh, splitting them up. Although although I do like what they've been uh, they've been up to. They've been up to some good stuff, and uh, it's uh it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting to see. So you're saying don't split them up now? No, not now. Go, go down the line. You know, um, you know, what do you call it? Yeah, don't don't do it now. I would I would wait a couple of uh, times. And I and you know, not for nothing to get off the topic, Eric Bischoff tweeted. Someone tweeted to him about him possibly appearing on Monday Night Raw, and he said it would never happen. Now he tweeted today. And he said, you never know. You got to watch Monday Night Raw. I'm shocked. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be pretty pumped to see Eric Bischoff in, uh, at Monday Night Raw. I, personally, I think it would be awesome. I would love to see Bischoff. I love Bischoff. I really do. Me I, too. Love I, I met Bischoff. Bischoff and I hit it off very well. Good guy. I still tweet him a couple of times, you know. Nice guy. Um, hit it off? You know. He did a lot for the business, you know. He did. That's, that's good. They're like, uh, wh- I'm curious, where, where where were you guys when you hit it off? Uh, I met I met Eric Bischoff at Philadelphia when they were doing the Monday. They were actually at Dave and Buster's, and they were doing a Monday Night uh, Wars, um, and they had Chris Jericho was the uh, moderator. And they had Bruce Pritchard, and I got to meet, and of course, Eric Bischoff. And, you know, the first thing I said to Eric was, thank you, you know, thank you very much for the NWO. The NWO, to me, even though he didn't create it, he ca- he capitalized on, on using it. 
um, it was, it you know, the idea of it was awesome. And, of course, you know, I got to give him the NWO handshake and the whole deal, and it was cool. And, and you know, we were talking and stuff, and he's like, you know, bro, he's like, here's my Twitter, tweet me, you know, and I was like, cool. So he hit it off with you and 500 other people? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, All right. you know, he, he came right. back to me twice. He actually came back to me twice to do the handshake. I was the only one that did it. A lot of people were like, why are you doing it with Bischoff? Like, the Bischoff is, is, you know, and I was like, Bischoff is cool, brother. You know, he's, you know. And, of course, you know, I got to meet Jericho, which I met Jericho a thousand times. I, you know, followed Jericho around, going to Fozzie concerts, drinking beers with, with Jericho and Axl Rose. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> That's good. So, you know, I, I wish that I, I lived as, as rich a social life as, as you're living right now. No, Before you know, I let because you know, I'm curious. That, what, what are you looking you know forward to tonight that, on Monday Night Raw? I was going to say, you know how that happened? You know, I'm good friends with Eddie Trunk. Not that many people know that, but the Trunkster, Eddie Trunk and I from New York City. I, I know Eddie for years, and I got Who's to uh, what happened? Who's Eddie Trunk? Eddie Trunk is Eddie, Eddie Trunk is a DJ on uh, he was on 102.7. Now he's now he's on um, he's on Q104.3. Eddie Trunk, if you don't know Eddie, Eddie is a like I said, he's a DJ and he's he's really good friends with Jericho. And I'm really good friends with Trunk, so I got to meet and also Sebastian Bach was with the Fed Night too. For those of you who don't know Sebastian, look Sebastian Bach up. He's he's the man, you know. He is. That's uh that's good stuff. So trying to get it back on the pro wrestling thing. What are you looking forward to tonight on Monday Night Raw? Well, I'm actually looking forward to before we go to Raw, I'm actually looking forward to the CWC. And I'm looking forward to another good friend of mine, Sean Maluta. Versus Abushi, a, a that's going to be pretty cool. That sounds good. So, so nothing on Raw you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing someone hit a home run. Oh, wait, that's the derby. No, I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw. I can't wait because tomorrow, Ken, I have a show to do, and i got to be prepared. And Anthony from the eight, from AC, the cool down, will be on my show tomorrow. That's going to be big business tomorrow. And Mr. Thursday night. And uh, Monday Night Raw, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen and how we're going to kick, you know, there's a battle royal. Something's going on for the Miz's, the Miz's title. Good stuff. Yeah, the battle royal. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Hey, Hold when on you, a second. Don't get the bell Get the Razor's quite oh, Shawn Michaels just stopped Razor Ramon from getting the ladder match. I'm watching 1995 SummerSlam. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to that tonight, Ken. Hey, you got a match coming up? Good luck with that. I, I see I see you got a match coming up. Yes, I do. I have a match Wednesday night on uh, BBWF Primetime. So, uh, training, say my prayers, eat my vitamins, and all that good stuff. Hopefully, uh I can score a victory over the Aztec warrior, Izzy Reyes. Look, Thanks a lot for guy, giving us a call, too. Mike. Always right, a well, pleasure. It, Give us a call next week. Easy, guys, and I'll, I'll speak to you next week only right here on the Ken Reedy Show. Yeah. Take, take it easy, brother. Wow. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I say this? I, I, hey, I, go I, ahead. I, 
I've said this before, okay, and I appreciate the, 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 his loyalty. I'm sure he's listening to this right now. But if, if you're looking for that big score, Mike Ferrara, you should charge admission to people so that they can, like, spend a day with you. Like, you'd make a fortune. <laughs> the story that he's just told here, like, I'd want to pay money to hang out with him. Just for a day. Just for one day. That's all I ask. You know, if you charge admission to spend the day with you, you know, you got to clean your room first, too. You can't have people over with a dirty room. But, you know, I'm telling you, you'd, you'd, you'd make it big somewhere. I'm serious. You'd make it to some TV show and pick it up. I'm, I'm telling you, it'd be Call me if you're if you're real serious about this. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like just just hanging out with him. You you know, you go and you Axel Rose. Yeah, man. I mean, you show up at, at Ferrara's house and you, uh, you know, Axel Rose is there and you hang out with Axel. Go grab a beer with Chris Jericho. Hang out with them for a while. Maybe swing on over somewhere and uh, you know watch some TV or, or or hang out at a club with Eric Bischoff and then. Round out the day going to a buffet with magic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who who dated his aunt? What was the what was the, the celebrity there? The restaurant? Oh, right. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to remember, but yeah, I do remember him saying Iron something Mike about Shark. a celebrity dating his aunt. Oh, we're going we're going off we're going off the rails on a crazy train now. Let's get back on track. <laughs> we're going to go after the calls again. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We have a. A 201 number up right now. Let's bring it up. Caller, are you there? Yeah, uh, uh, I'm at Eric Bischoff, too. <laughs> I think I know who that is, but okay. Hi, Kennedy. How are you? Long time no speak. Yeah, well, you know, I've been dabbling in the YouTube world, so I've been kind of busy. I'm kind of popular now. All right, what have you been up to? Ah, stuff. Stop. Ah, we we miss you on the gun show, Ken Reedy. You too, Dave. It's been a while. I mean, geez, I can't remember the last time we spoke. El Rotundo hanging out, giving us a call. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've been on the gun show. Why don't you give us a, what's what's going on on the gun show these days? But those you guys wow. don't know, El Rotundo, Steve Off do this online show called The Gun Show and uh why don't you give us, a, you know, people maybe don't know about the gun show. What's going on right now? Uh, well, we just finished filming uh, a couple episodes, and we had Sir Bilster came to visit. And we're going to be filming our uh, annual talent show very soon. So if uh, Dave's available, uh, we can use Dave for our talent show. What, what, do you, what would you like Dave to do in the talent show? Uh, I don't know. What do you do best? I talk pro wrestling pretty good. That's boring. <laughs> you know what? It, it Go on the Ken... Uh, was it on the Ken Reedy show page? No, I just had my wedding recently, and I sang to my wife at the reception. Some Elton John. You got married? Yeah, I'm sorry. If, if I, I meant to tell you. No, 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 no that's fine. That's that, you married a woman. That just means... Then your Steve owes me 50 bucks because uh, he said you were gay. And I told him you weren't. <laughs> so he, I, I get money out of that now. Who, who'd you bet 50 bucks on? I bet 50 bucks to Senor Steve off that you were straight. And this proves it. 
Um, so so back to the gun show talent show. Here, what is what is your talent? What would what will you be performing on the talent show? Oh uh, well, every year is a secret, but I think I might be singing again. I'm a pretty good uh, singer. I like to sing Frank Sinatra and all the old guys that are dead. I like to sing songs that they did. So what did you sing last year at last year's talent show? I I sang Louis Armstrong last year. Can you, can you give our listeners a little bit of Louis Armstrong? I could, but that's like copyright infringement. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Wouldn't want anyone I, coming I, I up here. Doing... Go ahead. I, no, I, I lip-synced it. You, you what? I was lip-syncing. Oh, you were lip-syncing. Yes, and okay. your people uh, That wouldn't it. translate well on the radio. Yeah, and you, you know what his talent is. All he does is flex. <laughs> but he don't have much of a talent. Oh, you, Steve Alf, who else are, are performing in this talent show? Uh, well, we have a new character. His name is Mark, and he was our interview guy, and he's very annoying. And uh, we might have Steve Wilson back. Uh, yeah, his name is Mark. He's, he's like yours. He's a, so he's a smart Mark. He's a small. Oh, God. I don't think smart's the right way to describe him. <laughs> But I won't keep you. I just wanted to say hi, and I miss you guys. We miss you, too. Thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check out the gun show, talent show coming up. A pleasure, as always. Take it easy. Don't be a stranger. I, uh, I'll do my best. Take it easy, brother. Bye-bye. Oh, wow. We, followed, we, we took a, a mic phone call and followed it up with El Rotundo. <laughs> I don't know. This is becoming more and more like the final deletion. Is this great radio or is this really, really bad? We're kind of, we're, we're, we're skating the line right there. So let's try and get it back on track. We hit TNA sales. Uh, is it for sale? Isn't it? Uh, we hit, um, we hit the final deletion. Um, we hit the potential for new day, uh, splitting up. And, um, so that's where we're at right now. We're going to go back out to the phones. Let's see if we can get this a little bit back on track. Three, four, seven, eight, three, eight. 9815 is the number to call. Again, a number I don't recognize. Lots of ones in this number, but let's go out to the call. Are you there? Uh, call, are you there? Area code 111. 111? Uh, yeah. That's how it came up here. Are you there? All right, I'm going to put you on mute. Yeah, so whoever, whoever's calling right now, we only have one caller in the bank, and it's 111 is the area code. I don't know why it's come up like that, but that's how it's come up. We'll go back out to the phone. Just pay attention a little bit. We'll get back to you ASAP. But one thing I want to hit on, Dave, this past weekend, um, Brock Lesnar in UFC fighting for real. Um you know, it was one of those interesting things where I don't think it was an overly dominant performance. Good for him. Uh, he came back. He won. He was easily, like, physically superior to his opponent. Taller, bigger, more muscular. Um, I didn't look at this fight as Brock Lesnar. Oh, my God, he dominated this guy. I guess on the scorecard maybe he did, but didn't knock him out, didn't get him to submit, had to go to the scorecards. But victorious nonetheless. Now we go to SummerSlam, where it was announced that he will be wrestling Randy Orton, which I think, booking-wise, 
was a great choice. Personally, before this fight, I thought booking Randy Orton, it's, it works if you needed to book Lesnar to win or lose. Losing to Randy Orton, there's no shame in that, especially that his, his RKO is, quote, out of nowhere. Um, I did look at this as something that if Lesnar got his ass knocked out 10 seconds into the first round, I do think, and people might say no, but I think they would have had to book him differently. He can't be an absolute world beater if he gets his ass whooped the minute he sets in the UFC. So if he went in, in against Orton and Orton beat him, to me, it's fine. You're allowed to lose to Randy Orton. Randy Orton's an all-time great. Interesting to see how they book this match going forward now. But does the UFC victory have an influence on how it's booked at SummerSlam? Does the UFC victory mean that we're going to see Brock Lesnar again in the octagon? Remains to be seen if it's a one-and-done kind of thing or we see him again. But, again, Dave, I didn't find it overly dominating. He won. That's what he needed to do. Does it have ramifications for SummerSlam? Remains to be seen. I thought Saturday night's fight with Brock and Mark Hunt, um, expecting a little bit more of a spectacle um, in terms of, uh, I thought, looking back on it now, I I, I shouldn't have thought this way, but I was looking more for, you know, uh, this guy, this Mark Hunt guy to come in there and just like throw bombs at Brock. And Brock pretty much controlled him on the ground. Brock played his game. Brock's a, 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 a former NCAA Double A amateur wrestler. Okay, I mean he's you know he, he, he his, his wrestling ability is unbelievable. Okay, and he used that to his advantage to a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of wrestling ability. In Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt is you know more of a Muay Thai kickboxing um, based style that he that he uh, performs in at the in the UFC. So Brock, you know, used that strength to his advantage and kept him on the ground and. Brock's also a lot bigger than him and in a lot better shape than him, too. So I'm not saying that UFC kind of gave Brock a softball here. Um, I wouldn't say it was dominant, but Brock played the fight, you know, or played the game that he was supposed to play, and that was the ground game. And it worked, and that was the end of that. The, 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 the fight, with, or the, the, the match with Orton at SummerSlam, I've been wanting to see that match for a long time. Both guys came up together in the developmental system in WWE, um, I thought that we were going to see this match a lot sooner. Um, with Given the way Brock has been booked, ended the, the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak two and a half years ago, um, I think Brock hasn't really had any serious threat to his character. Um, you know, he's wrestled Cena. He's wrestled Triple H. He just had a match. You know, he had, he had the match with Ambrose, but I didn't really think that was much of a threat. The the, the the deal with Reigns and Rollins, that wasn't really much. But Orton is like a legitimate threat to his character, in my opinion. And, um, you know, Orton's got instant credibility, you know, 12-time world champion, accolades galore for him. Um, and it also makes Orton relevant again, because before Orton left, he was just kind of, I'd say he was kind of floundering, or just, you know, just kind of there, you know what I mean? And um, I think this is really going to help boost Orton's status even further just being in the match with Lesnar. Um, if Lesnar, you know, based off of Saturday night, I have a feeling Lesnar is going to win this match at SummerSlam, but it's not going to hurt Orton because Orton is uh, a, a big star in WWE. If this were a younger talent like a Kevin Owens or even, you know, uh, shoot, I don't know, a Cesaro, 
it might have hurt their stock if they got in there with Brock Lesnar. But Randy Orton, he's been built up over the years, established, credible. It works. I can't wait to see it. The interactions between him and Heyman or even him and Brock, I think, are going to be really good. Um, and Orton's been gone for a while, so I think a lot of people are going to want to see this match. So I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. I really can't wait. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good stuff. And I agree with you. I think, you know, I mean, we'll get into our predictions way down the road a piece. I mean, I, I would lean towards right now the Legend's going to win this match. But, again, you know, the, the mystique of a Randy Orton, uh, the idea of an RKO out of nowhere, it, it's good stuff. I think you got two special athletes. Um, the, the interesting thing, I, you know, I wonder with a match like this and how they'll, they'll put it together, you know, Orton – I mean, taking 100 suplexes in a match, obviously he's had, uh, you know, broken collarbones, had shoulder issues. Um, You know, can he take that many suplexes? Do we see a different type match between the two of them? Interesting stuff. But uh, I I like the idea, too. I like seeing these two guys in the ring. I think it's going to be an interesting match. And definitely someone, uh, you know, on the roster that, you know, you believe can beat Lesnar, which – it is a good thing going into SummerSlam. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. What you want to talk about? Let's go out to the phones. We got a nine oh nine on here. Call are you there? Oh yeah, you know it's me, Ken. How you doing? How you doing? Was that you with the weird area code? Uh, earlier, yeah, that was me because I was at work, so I had to get off my work phone and uh, get on my regular phone. Okay, yeah, because I, yeah, I was, so- that was weird. I was like, I didn't, I didn't recognize that at all. But Kev. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, what are your? Th- I mean, we hit a lot of things. What are your thoughts on on what we've been talking about tonight? First and foremost, I uh, gotta say you got some very unique and interesting callers that call your show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that, brother. I'm telling you. Woo! Wow. Well, other than that, you wow, just never know of- on the show. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Oh man. No, but um, a couple things I'm going to throw out there right quick. You know, as far as WWE in the past week, you know, in a way you can kind of say they've owned mainstream media because you got Brock Lesnar who went in this Saturday and handled his business at UFC 200 against Mark Hunt. Then also, day after tomorrow, you got John Cena who's hosting the ESPYs for his first time. Then also, just now um, late last week, I guess sometime early next year, January, February time frame, the Rock, he's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So when it comes to the WWE outside of the ring, they're looking great. Now you're looking eight days from now. You got the draft coming up. You got all these things like you were mentioning on your show earlier about the possibility of New Day getting split up. Which um, I know you, you and I are about the same age range. Dave, I don't know your age. I'm pretty sure I know. I know you just turned 19, so you're pretty young. So this might be over your head. <clears throat> <laughs> but um, remember watching Ghostbusters too when um, whenever Ray would stare at that painting with Vigo and he get into that trance, and then yes. I was watching New Day for the last couple of weeks. I'm like, that's the same doggone thing right there, man. <laughs> and, um, to me, to me, it just spells breakup. I could just see a breakup coming from New Day. I don't want to see it, but at the same time, you know, the tag team scene in WWE and what they've accomplished, they really don't need the titles anymore. I'm still, I'm still shocked that at Money in the Bank. It wasn't the club that walked out of that Fatal Four as a champ, but now it looks like it's going to be potentially the Wyatts at Battleground coming up. Um, I'm hoping if that's the way they go with things, 
open this time. They finally do what they should have done with the Wyatt family years ago from when they first debuted on the main roster and push these guys up. I guess the pairing probably going into that match would be Rowan and uh, Strowman, I guess. And I guess hopefully Bray, hopefully we'll get a strong singles push, especially now with the brand split. But, um, and also I just heard from the, one of your unique comments about, I guess, Miz is having maybe what? a number one contendership battle royale for the Intercontinental title. If it's not Neville coming back tonight in that battle royale, a number one contender to finish up their unfinished business to build for the ladder match, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if it's someone else other than... Hey, I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, yeah, that would be interesting to see Neville come back tonight. Um, you know, I wanted to touch on before we get into everything else. You talk about a really excellent point um, about the WWE and, and mainstream media, and, and we know for years Uncle Vince loves when he gets that publicity outside in, in mainstream media. And even though, like you said, The Rock is getting his star next year, it was announced last week. So within like a less than two weeks span, when you have the, the Rock uh, getting his star, Brock being on on uh, UFC, and Cena hosting the ESPYs. Um, it is, like, intriguing when you look at the WWE, who maybe has been lacking in, in the past few years as far as getting, you know, that mainstream, that, that fringe fan uh, back into the fold. Definitely getting, the, you know, Cena on the ESPYs, Brock in UFC, Rock, on the Walk of Fame, definitely getting mainstream media to pay attention, and maybe that brings some fringe fans back. I thought that was an excellent point by Kevin Davis. Quick call. First off, Kevin, I'm 33, okay? So there, there, there's the, the cat out of the bag as far as my age goes. I'm not 19. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment on, on, on being young. I wish I was 19 sometimes. However, um, a quick question I have for you. Um, you mentioned the Rock is be, Rock is announced to be on the uh, his star is going to be put on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. When exactly is that going to take place? Do you happen to know? Um, WWE.com and on their app they said I guess it's going to be early next year so I'm assuming I think uh, one article before they pulled it and changed it I think someone said it was January which is coincidentally if it's January like um, this original article said was the Royal Rumble is out in Los Angeles at Staples Center that month, too. So that might be a tie-in for maybe Rock doing something at WrestleMania 33 where he has a full-on match, not this six-second business he did at WrestleMania 32 from a couple months ago. So if it's like that, that will be interesting. All right. Well, here, here's what's interesting about that. I might be getting ahead of myself here, all right? If it's going to be in January and Royal Rumble is going to be at the Staples Center, okay, and it, it might coincide with that time frame. Wouldn't shock me mm-hmm. if WWE wanted to capitalize on Rock getting on the Hollywood Walk of Fame by announcing him into the WWE Hall of Fame for WrestleMania in Orlando. Ooh, I'll do you one better. Also, finally, we've been waiting for it since SummerSlam 2002. Rock and Rock. And so in another, yes, yes, I've been waiting in my opinion. I think that's very possible, too. But that all depends on Brock Lesnar and his UFC schedule, even if he does go back to UFC, which I think 
the door is open for him to do that again. I really do think that. Honestly, when UFC debuts in New York, when MMA makes its first official debut in New York, they're going to debut at the Garden, from what I'm hearing. It might happen in, like, late 2016, early 2017. Mm-hmm. I think they want Brock to headline that card at the Garden. That's just my theory. I think that is a sound Brock theory. Go ahead, Kevin. Else I've been about since, no, since Saturday, I've been thinking about this since Brock Lesnar defeated Mark Hunt talking about UFC and Brock and Rock and mainstream media, what if this may be sound, this might sound a little far-fetched, but what if Brock Lesnar were to get a UFC heavyweight title shot, win it, and then Vince were to further capitalize on it and allow Go to WrestleMania with the belt? No, 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 I'm not, no, hold on, hold on, there's more. So Brock somehow gets the UFC world heavyweight title shot, he wins the UFC title again, and in WWE's realm of things, Brock, depending on what show he's drafted to, because I think two titles are going to be in place. I would like it to be one, but I think there's going to be two. Brock wins whatever show he's on, respective world title, becomes a simultaneous uh, WWE or world heavyweight champion within WWE and UFC champion, and take that all into WrestleMania 33, depending on who he's facing. Wouldn't that be I something? I can see that. I just there's no way Vince could not pass up on that. There's I just can't see Vince passing up on that. Especially after how Brock handled his business this past Saturday. I can see that happening. I can absolutely see that happening. With the way with with the way things are you know, with the scheduling, like I said, I, I personally really feel that if Brock's gonna wrestle, then they're gonna do him and Brock at WrestleMania next year. But if you tie everything in together, if if Lesnar headlines that card in the garden and it's for the heavyweight title and he wins the UFC heavyweight title, and then Rock gets on the Walk of Fame and is announced for the Hall of Fame, and then he goes to WrestleMania with the UFC belt, maybe he has one of the, the other world titles. I could see it all happening, and it would bring huge mm-hmm. attention to WWE and WrestleMania. I mean, with the, with, with the fans from Hollywood who are big fans of The Rock to MMA fans and Brock Lesnar. I mean, it would, it would bring different audiences to that product. I mean, it would be, it would be the easily it would be the, the the match that sells WrestleMania, and also that would be a good way to allow Rock to bow out with a world title as he retires as a respective world champion. Because right now I don't see anyone between NXT and people who are currently in WWE's roster as someone that they could put over in a match with Brock. The only way I could see Brock dropping a match is to someone that's already established. And that would either be Rock, Taker and Taker's last match to get, get back for the streak ending and let Taker retire as champion, or John Cena. That's it. I can't even see, honestly, Reigns, Rollins, or Ambrose get, being in the match and going over on Brock Lesnar at this point. It has to be someone that's already established. Maybe even yeah, Goldberg you're, you're right about as, that as well. You're right about that. Absolutely. Definitely interesting stuff, though, as you look at how 2017 can wind up getting booked with all this. But it looks like the WWE, if they play their cards right, they're definitely moving in a direction. We're getting a lot, a ton of, of mainstream media attention if they do this right. Kev, great stuff as always. Thanks for uh, giving us a call, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week, man. All right, Ken and Dave, y'all have a good one. Take it easy, brother. Good stuff. And as, as you guys were, were discussing, I was looking up, as it turns out, Exact dates have not been determined uh, when the stars will be uh, 
revealed when I guess you guess you call when the official inductions are, are done. Um, so when you think about that, and again, put that all in perspective, a lot of money floating around, a lot of money to be made and money talks and BS walks. You know, when I think about, if we're talking about it here, you know, Uncle Vinny's thinking about it. And if The Rock's going to come back and when and if The Rock may come back, um, if they can coincide The Rock getting his star on the Walk of Fame uh, with promoting an appearance, a match, something, uh, you know, Uncle Vince is going to be pulling those strings wherever he can. So very intriguing to see. I didn't think of that, that angle at all as far as, like, the mainstream media attention. I thought Kevin brought up an excellent point. Um, but it should be interesting to see if we get a Hall of Fame induction from The Rock next year that coincides with induction in the Hall of Fame. What's incredible is as we talk about The Rock, Dave, and The Rock is seemingly the biggest star on the mother-effing planet right now, and it looks like as time goes on, he's just going to be getting bigger. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the biggest—he's the biggest star in the wrestling business, based off of not only what he did in wrestling, but what he's done in Hollywood too. I mean, he's the most success to me. He's the most successful star in wrestling, like in my opinion. I mean, you you could name Hogan and Steve Austin and the money that they drew in wrestling, and and those two guys are on two separate planets. Okay, in my opinion. Is, is like 1 and 1A one in terms of, you know, greatest of all time. But I think Rock is on a completely different universe when it comes to his popularity, what he did for wrestling, but then being able to transition into Hollywood. Now, it wasn't so smooth, you know, 10 years ago, you know, we weren't exactly having conversations about how big of a box office attraction The Rock was. As a matter of fact, a lot of wrestling fans were – begging for him to come back because he wasn't doing so good in the movies. And in the past, I would say eight years or so, seven or eight years now, maybe even like about five years or so, he's like blown up. He's he's gotten huge to the point where like wrestling needs him more than he needs wrestling. It's, 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 It's wild just to like think about like, especially as a fan and watching as long as I have, and I'm sure you kind of feel the same way from where he began where he is now, it's like, it, it, it's unbelievable. Nobody, I don't think anybody expected him to be as big as he is. Yeah, I mean, you know, except maybe him. And, and you know, I think that he, um, you know, he believed in himself, which is, is part of it. You know, it's, it's intriguing. And, you know, when you look at what he's done, you know, I think, and honestly, I'm not exaggerating. I think you could do like a college course on on The Rock and, and how he has built himself, uh, you know, with, with uh, you know, using wrestling as, as a jumping off point, uh, his use of social media, um, and now into like the, the biggest movie star on the planet, who also happens to have a TV show as well. So maybe I shouldn't say movie star, just biggest star on the planet. I mean, he's a hard worker, but you look at a guy, you're right, Dave, a guy who did a lot of crappy movies, um, you know, went the Disney route, uh, got his feet wet in Hollywood, and it was just kind of, like, one of those things where, like, he got his feet wet in Hollywood, did a bunch of junk, I think alienated a lot of wrestling fans that, you know, I'm not going to see Disney. I don't give a damn if The Rock is in the movie. I'm still not going to see these stupid 
frilly, syrupy, sweet Disney movies. Then he comes back to the WWE, you know, does some part-time stuff, gets into movies, gets hooked up with the Fast and the Furious franchise, you know, takes every opportunity and just milks it for all it's worth. And now he's just the biggest star on the planet. It's, it's incredible to watch how this guy has, has rose to fame. And when you, when you go all the way back in, in his life and when he talks about, you know, at one point he only had seven bucks to his name to where he is now. What an incredible journey. And like I said, it's amazing to think that he may be getting even bigger as, as things move along going into 2017. Crazy stuff as we dissect what The Rock is doing and as the WWE continues to get mainstream media attention. But with a little less than 10 minutes left, as we get set for Monday Night Raw, we did touch upon the Battle Royal tonight to decide the number one contender for Miz's Intercontinental Championship belt. Um, you know, intriguing. I'm curious. I mean, do you think, Dave, we're going to see whether it's uh, Neville's return or someone else? I mean, who do you see maybe coming out of this as the number one contender? Well, I heard a rumor just as recent as this past weekend that uh, Neville would be returning, but he would be involved in a storyline with Chris Jericho. Um, but, I mean, all, plans could always change. You know, our, our caller Kevin brought up a great point that Neville could be inserted into this battle royal. This would be a great way to get him back in the, in, in, into the swing of things, resume his, uh, his little rivalry he kind of had going with Miz. He was supposed to be involved in that ladder match at WrestleMania. So, um, you know, but unfortunately he came down with an injury. So it would make sense for him to come back. If he does not come back, um, I mean, I'm a big Cesaro fan, so I'd love to see Cesaro win. I think Cesaro would look good with the Intercontinental title. and He's just that kind of wrestler that fits with the Intercontinental Championship. You know, you, the Intercontinental Championship it's, it's, in recent years has gained some of the prestige back that it once had when you and I watched. But, I mean, Cesaro – if Cesaro was around in like the late 80s, early 90s, when the Intercontinental Championship was at its peak, I mean, it, he would be a phenomenal Intercontinental Champion. And I just, I, I'm kind of hoping for Cesaro to win, but I, I honestly really don't know. I mean, things things could change with this draft coming up too. I mean, we could, I really don't know how, how this Battle Royal could play out, but um I'm, I'm pulling for Cesaro to win it, even if he's in it. I don't even know if he's in it or not, really, to be honest with you. But. Who knows? Uh, interesting to see what direction they go. And I guess the biggest news, though, as we get close to the brand extension, we're getting close to the the draft is just going to shake everything up. And, and, you know, again, a lot of the stuff we talk about here, I feel like, you know, we're going to get into the draft as time goes on. But, you know, it's got potential to be amazing. It's got potential to be god-awful. We'll see how WWE Creative uh, addresses this. But I guess one of the big things is Vincent Kennedy McMahon to make his return tonight on Monday Night Raw. Speculation, what does he have in store for the WWE Universe? Or we like to say just wrestling fans, but the WWE Universe. What does Vince have in store for him? Is he going to name a COO for SmackDown? Um what exactly does Vince McMahon have in store tonight? Um, I don't know. It's big news because it's Vinnie Mac, and Vinnie Mac is the man. Uh, no matter what you say, he is the man. Um, you know, Dave, I mean, I'm psyched to see Vince McMahon. Um, always fun to see on the microphone, on camera. K 
care to speculate what you think he might be doing tonight? I have a feeling he's going to address um, uh, who's going to run Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we've been seeing for recent in, in recent weeks um, previous general managers of SmackDown return and um, throw their hat in the ring, so to speak, um, wanting to run SmackDown when it goes live on Tuesdays. And uh, I kind of have a feeling he's going to address that situation as to who will run SmackDown, who will run Raw. And we know that Shane and Stephanie have been kind of sharing the duties of Raw. So I don't know if that means that each one will run Raw and SmackDown or if they'll both run a brand together. I don't know. But it's interesting that, you know, he'll come back tonight. We're about a week away from the draft. And uh, I kind of have a feeling he's going to announce who's going to be, you know, the the, the um, authority figure on, on, the, on, you know, both shows. Which, by the way, they're doing away with the term general manager, and they're going to call the new authority figures for Raw and SmackDown the COOs, the chief operating officers, which begs the question, Triple H in real life as well as on TV is the chief operating officer. He's the COO. So I'm kind of wondering if this is going to signal his return to television. He's not been on TV since WrestleMania. hasn't even been mentioned really. So I kind of have a feeling it's going to, you know, the segment with Vince is obviously going to involve the other McMahons. We'll see Stephanie. We'll see Shane. Um, it's kind of ironic that Vince is returning tonight, the same arena where Shane returned to set up the, the hype for WrestleMania. But, um, yeah, that's my guess. It's gonna, he's going to address who's running Raw and SmackDown and how the whole draft is going to work. Uh, because I think that's what a lot of people want to know is exactly how this draft's going to work. Our tag team's going to get split up. What champions are going to be on what show and – are, are we going to introduce a second world champion, which seems to, that seems to be the direction that they're going in now. Um, but hopefully we get some clarity on the draft, who's running, what show, and the future of it. That's all. I, would, I think that's what he's going to address. Yeah, especially because when, when, you know, when I think about it and, and you think about this, this draft and, and how they're changing things up and, um, you know, things are, are, are you know, this, this is supposed to be a big deal. The draft is supposed to be a big deal. And, you know, does Triple H come back as a face? Does Triple H have a problem with Vince McMahon? Um, you know, do we see Triple H at all? You know, what exactly is his role? I agree with you. Stating that this office is now called the COO, um, does this have anything, uh, any impact on Triple H and, and his on-camera role uh, moving forward? Do we see him on camera? You would think right now, with Vinny Mac coming back on TV tonight, uh, with the draft coming up, with this being a, a big change with WWE programming, I, I would hope that they, they are looking at this as something that they need to knock it out of the park. They need to do a good job with this. And they've been doing the bad guy running the show, general manager type storyline for a long time. Uh, they've cycled it and recycled it and recycled it. And I get it, and it works. I get why they do it. Um, but I would hope if you are advertising something like in this draft of, you know, a, a new look to the WWE, something fresh, something exciting, that the, the COOs who will be running these two shows, I think they really got to knock it out of the park. They got to give us something very intriguing. I am intrigued by the rumors. I think if we see Eric Bischoff come back, that could be something out of left field that 
could be intriguing, at least for a chunk of time. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I could spitball here and think of a, a bunch of different names. I just think we need to see the WWE, if not knock it out of the park, it's got to be a strong triple off the wall. Know what I'm saying? Like, they need to do something that's going to really shake things up, but not just shake things up, something that's going to get fans really excited and really drive home the point that this is something different. WWE is moving in a different creative direction. I think we're seeing more of the young talent being pushed more and more. So it's a new look, WWE. It's just intriguing to me, Dave, that if they go, whatever they, whatever direction they go in with these new COOs, I, I feel like they really, it really needs to be a, a good job because I think a lot of fans, if, if they shit the bed on just the choice, you'll get a lot of eye-rolling across the country when the name's introduced. Well, I, I think what they have to do more so than anything, not just with, with announcing the, the name as to who's going to you know, run the shows, but the way that it's presented, it's got to be a little bit different. It can't be the status quo, like you said earlier, of what general managers or authority figures in WWE used to be. Um, shit, I mean, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the guest host concept for Monday Night Raw a few years ago. It worked with some guys, but, you know, what if, like, one of the brands was, you know, um, run instead of by, like, a general manager or a COO, but it was, like, a roundtable of legends or, like, when WCW used to have the championship committee, you know, WCW used to – there was never one, like, guy who was the main figurehead of the championship committee. They would just call it the championship committee, and then they would have, like, a random guy come out and – and, and make a ruling on a match or whatever. I mean, they just got to do something a little bit different to spice it up. That's just, that's just my feeling on it. It can't just be same old, same old that it was before. Agreed, yeah. I mean, that's, they need to give us something that's going to get – I mean, I think we're moving in that direction. Again, we've talked before on this show, lots of moving parts. And when there's lots of moving parts, you've got a lot of potential to put out some good television, some good wrestling programming – but it also opens the door for you to really crap the bet. Lots of things changing, lots of new talent, lots of young talent. They're going the brand split. What's old is new again. Do they deliver on the COOs? Do they give us something that's exciting? Check out Raw. It's coming up right now. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.